Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. So many in the room today. That's wonderful. And also online as well. Um, I think my wife's among those watching online. She wasn't able to be here today because um, I'm traveling on from this meeting to the south coast of England. And um, my wife has to go to work tomorrow and uh, do some teaching in a school. So, um, yeah, it's so good to be here. So nice to be with you on such a wonderful day uh, in October. I want to start this morning by asking you to imagine with me that a Michelin chef has prepared a plate of your favorite food. Okay, I'm sorry, it's lunchtime's still a little bit away, so, but, but never mind. But no, let me just repeat that again. So the best chef, one of the world's best chefs, has prepared especially for you, just the way you like it, your favorite food. I want you to imagine that just for a moment. In a moment, you're going to give it an imaginary taste and allow the, the flavor of that food just to excite your taste buds. Should we put it that way? So anyway, some of you are sort of trying. I can see some of you are going, I wonder, maybe you're one of those people in the restaurant when there's more than one choice who really struggles, and I'm with you on that. And I always find that my wife tends to pick the thing that I wish I picked when the plates arrive at the table. I, I don't know if I'm just unlucky like that. Um, but anyway, some of you are here. So maybe others of you are a bit more decisive, could help them. So do you have any suggestions? What is it you are going to... Um, imaginary taste in a minute. Anybody in the balcony like to kind of share with me what you're going to eat? Nice and loud if you'd shout it out. Oh, I heard a lady's voice first. Fajitas. Ooh, nice, nice choice. Hot, not too hot. Well, maybe that's, a, but the chef knows exactly how you like them. Uh, anyway, anybody else? Sorry, I heard somebody down here. Yeah, we're having one of those as well. It sounds Italian. <laughs> I think it was Italian. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I, I heard the telly bit at the end. I thought it must be. Yeah, I like a bit of Italian too. Uh, and one more. I got a chance for one more. Yes, at the back there. Sorry, missed it. I'm... A burger. Uh, and, of course, we can have those vegetarian style as well for the, you know, don't want to... Or, or, you know, but... Anyway, whatever it is, is it, is it a beef burger or chicken or a vegetable? Beef, oh, lovely. Okay, so there we go. Okay, so we got it now. You got it in your mind what you're going to have. Maybe you're going to have one of those, the same as the people that have just mentioned. But, but why don't we just, just for a moment go with me on this. There is a purpose in this, okay? There is a biblical purpose in what we're doing, so I haven't lost the plot. Okay, so why don't you just right now pretend you're going to just... You know, we're not, it's not a race to he, see who can down it the quickest. What we're going to do, we're going to savor it. We're going to go all French for a while and we're going to savor our food. We're going to take some time over it and we're going to allow the taste. So why don't we go for it? Why don't we close our eyes? You know, get in the moment. Nobody's videoing this part of the meeting other than me uh, right now. So why don't we? I'm going to do it too. Uh, and we're going to take, take a bite of that beef burger. That young lady down there is going to do that. So we're going to hold it, and we're just going to take a bite or get our knife and fork and take a bite. Maybe a spoon, maybe it's a dessert, maybe it's a piece of chocolate. And we're going to um, 
We're just going to imagine putting it in our mouth right now. Go with me on this. And we're not going to swallow it. We're just going to enjoy it. And as we taste it, what happens is that we begin, the longer we linger with it, the more we're able to enjoy the texture. Maybe it's the texture of the food that it's quite appealing to you. Maybe that it really is, what's it, al dente? The, the telly, whatever that was, they're going to have that. It's just cooked right, and we're going to enjoy the texture. And maybe as we, we just allow, we digest it a bit, that we, we can sense the flavors coming out a little bit. And there's things that we wouldn't have recognized if we'd gulped it down, but the more that we chew and the more that we enjoy it, the more we're able to detect some of those herbs or flavorings or sweetness or there, maybe there's a hint of kicking it there's a bit of chili or there's if it's a dessert there's just a little bit of something that is bitter to the taste but it makes it that much more delicious and now it's almost gone <laughs> it was never there in the first place but anyway it is um, it's almost gone and it's kind of just dissolving in your mouth and you ah you you, you allowed it slide down you take a bit of a gulp and and that was nice wasn't it and I want to say, if you can do that, not just imaginary, if you can do that over a plate of food, if you can stop yourself gulping it down and you can enjoy and savor something and spend some time in something like that, then if you can do that, friends, I want to tell you this morning, you are a great candidate for Bible meditation from meditating on the word of God. We got this word and often you'll see it as Jenny's already reminded us in the Psalms about meditation. We're not talking about, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor and trying to empty our minds. What we're talking about is taking the word of God and the richness of the word of God and rather than consuming lots of it, what we're doing is we're allowing the, the beauty and the nourishment of what we're reading to come into our hearts. I wonder if you've done that recently, allowed it, paused long enough to open the Bible. That's a great starting point. And maybe some of us, this book has become, I bought my biggest Bible today just to make the point, okay? But, you know, we, we, uh, we perhaps have lost a bit of interest. Maybe during lockdown, we, we locked away the Bible as well and we maybe didn't get around to reading it quite as much. I, I believe that there's an invitation today in the spirit. God says, hey, look, let's forget about what's going on. Let's crack open this book because I've got some things that I want to share with you from this book. And if we don't even read, maybe some of us have got a challenge when it comes to reading and understanding. There are so many ways now you can listen to the Bible uh, online and you can allow, uh, you know, that content to just wash over you. And that's just as valid as well. The main thing is not how you do it, but that you do it. But I want to encourage us this morning and I want to talk about a Bible meditation. That's a strange thing maybe, but hopefully there'll be something in it this morning that will really excite you. I would hope this morning that something of what I do and the outworking of this won't be in a prayer line at the front today, but might be tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening when we remember what we've heard today and we actually do what we put some of this into practice and we go to the word of God and we ask it and we ask God to feed us from it and we savor what he's saying to us. At the moment, I'm trying to read through the Bible in one year. 
Uh, I'm behind, okay? I just want to confess that right now, just in case some... Uh, I've been using the app, uh, Nikki Gumbel, uh, the Bible in one year. It's a really great free app, and it helps you take different portions of the Bible every single day, some from the Psalms or the Proverbs, and then the New Testament and the Old Testament. And if you keep up to date with it and you read the allotted portions, after 365 days, you'd have read the whole of the Bible, and that's a good thing to do. But what I found, and this is it's not a criticism... Is, is that, that actually sometimes it's a bit like eating food in a hurry. That, that actually, if I'm not careful, uh, my goal is to get to the end of the reading, to tick another day off, to get nearer to the end of the Bible. And if you ask me, like 10 minutes after what I've just read, I might be struggling, okay? I'm just confessing as a second confession of the morning. And, and so what I find, and I found that a little bit unsatisfactory, that I then began to ask the Lord, as I'm reading these longer passages of Scripture, Lord, would you highlight for me a verse that you want to speak to me? Would you highlight one? And, you know, would you highlight one? As I'm reading, may something come off the page or or something trigger my interest, and, and Lord, I'm going to take it that that's the one, and it might be more than one, but we're not going to have to do ten, because, you know, unless you've got all day. But, but I'm just asking, God, would you just highlight one, and I'll take that, that that is the morsel in the meal that you want me to meditate upon. And I'm going to just talk to you this morning. It's really practical, and some of you know this, so please forgive me, but hopefully it will just encourage you to keep going. How we do that? And there's five headings, I think, that I'd like to do, and it's not a five-point sermon. You'll be pleased to know. Well, it might be, Um, but it'll be quick. The first thing is to read it. The second is to speak it. The third thing is to write it. The fourth thing is to pray it. And the fifth thing is to live it, or to try to live it. I really believe if we can get some of those things, maybe not all five of them, working in our lives, then the word begins to leave the page and dwell in our hearts. And that is what we need. We don't want to be people in a church that knows a lot about the Bible. We don't want to be great at Bible trivia. What we want to be is great. The purpose of the Bible is not that we'll be full of knowledge, but that our lives might be changed and that we might become more like Jesus. And the two things don't necessarily always go together. That's the deal, that the word of God will come into us and from its power, because it's living, it's active, it's not just any old book, it is the living word of God, that when it comes into me, you know, through my eyes, into my heart, it begins to bring a change, and that change is supposed to make me more like Jesus. So, I want you to imagine that in my Bible reading, I've come to Proverbs chapter 4, and I've read the whole of Proverbs chapter 4, or the best part of it, but as I've been reading it, that my, my gaze and my, my attention is being grabbed by um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. 
So, we, okay, we got that. That's my reading. That's my big, long text. But as I've read, I've, oh, that's the read. Maybe it's, it's sometimes the words you know. That is probably one of the most familiar, if not the most familiar, pass, uh, verse in the whole of Proverbs chapter 4. But, but there's something about that, and it just, there's something like a little nudge or something that's interesting. I, I'm going to take that. That's the Holy Spirit that's saying, hey, Steve, I've got something I want to speak to you about that. So don't miss that. Read on, but we're going to come back to that later. So that's what I do. I come back to it later. And I begin to read it. And I read it again. I say, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And it's like, remember we started imagining we're eating this beautiful food. I'm going to eat it again. And I'm going to savor it again. And I'm going to repeat it again. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And I keep on reading it. And sometimes what I do is I read it in another translation. And again, that's really easy. You don't have to have a bunch of Bibles. If you've got a phone or an iPad or something, or a tablet, you can, you can read it in different, in different translations. And so I might turn to another one, the King, New King James. And it says this, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. It's the same verse, it's just a different way of phrasing it. Sometimes it's more old-fashioned, perhaps. Sometimes it's more modern. But sometimes there's a beauty in these words, and I'm beginning to understand that there's something here about guarding my heart that is really important because the Bible says, above all else, or it uses words such as diligence, and I've got to be diligent in doing this. And I, I feel like the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to me. And you might think, well, is that your imagination, Steve? Well, it may be, but my mind's beginning to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, who's my teacher. And we're together beginning to explore this passage. And it's beginning to come alive in my heart. Do you get that? Maybe right now I'm praying that for some of you, even this verse, you'll go, yeah, wow. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. If you guard something, it shows that it's precious. You don't guard something that's worthless. You guard something that's precious, something that's capable of being stolen away. So the Bible's saying, above all else, that's a big thing to say, above all else, above everything else, I'm to protect my heart. Why? Because it can be stolen away. It can be damaged in some way. I'm just it's trying to kind of work you through what I would be doing just before the law. For out of it springs the issues of life, or for from it everything flows. Wow, everything, what, everything? Everything, does that mean everything? Everything means everything. Everything of my life flows from the condition of my heart. My heart's good, my life's good. If my heart's not good, then my life's going to be a bit contaminated. It's almost like there's a feel, like there's a, there's a reservoir here, that our hearts are like a reservoir. And we talk about a heart, I assume that we understand we're not talking about the organ inside your chest. Although that's an important organ for every, or life flows from your heart, doesn't it? That pump, if it stops, you're done, aren't you? Pretty much. Unless somebody gets to you quickly who knows what they're doing. But if that stops working, we, our life expires. But we're talking here about your innermost being, about that inner thing, that, that, that spiritual, moral part of your life. That, that from that, if that's healthy, it will determine the course of your life. If it's unhealthy, it will still determine your, the course of your life, but in an unhealthy way. And do you know what? Actually, other people are going to be affected by the unhealthiness of the reservoir that's in your heart as well. Because out of it flows. It's got to flow somewhere, and it flows to other people. So that, what I would say, and I'm not trying not to kind of preach too much into the passage itself, but to use it as an illustration, that as we just read it and read it and read it, 
that it begins to go from our head into our hearts. Anybody relate to that? Do you notice when we've sung that first song this morning, and some of you I know, they don't always enjoy the repetition, but I think there's power in repetition. Awake my soul and sing his praise, sing his praise aloud. There was a change in that song. Do you notice it? We started singing it, awake my soul, like pretty new, but after a while, you begin to go, awake my soul. I start having a conversation with my soul, and go, yeah, you're a bit sleepy today. Why don't you awake my soul and sing his praise? We're really singing something from the Bible. So firstly, that's what we do, and maybe I want to encourage you. Let's get into it. Let's get into the word of God. Let's allow it to do its work in us. Let's get a fresh hunger. Say, God, would you, if our, if our Bible reading times have become a bit dry and a bit stale, and we're just a bit bored, then do something different, but don't stop doing it. Just do something different. Ask other people what they do, and come into that, and play, pray that God will give you a fresh appetite for his word. Number two, then we speak it or we say it, but we say it out loud. We speak it out loud. You remember when creation, Genesis chapter 1, what happens? God speaks things into being, doesn't he? He doesn't murmur them. He doesn't think them into being. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. I don't understand it fully, but I know that there's something powerful about speaking out God's word. There's something powerful about it. It changes uh, situations around him. There's a life in it. There's a power in it. You know, I also think it, it causes, you know, uh, our, our, our enemy, the devil, to kind of flee sometimes. Oh, my gosh, this person's serious. They know their Bible. There's a power in the Word of God. Even if we don't feel powerful, the Word of God is powerful. So we can speak it out loud like I'm doing right now. Above all else, guard your heart. So if you can, if, you, if you're doing your time with God, you might call it a quiet time or a prayer time. And, you, you know, you, you're coming, you're just reading his word. Try and speak it out. Try and get somewhere where you can actually speak it out. And it feels strange and it feels a bit embarrassing, but there's power in it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, and just declare it. What I do sometimes to stop it becoming a bit repetitive, I start then beginning to break it down and emphasizing different parts of the verse. So I might start first by emphasizing the first part, above all else, above all else. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And I find my mind going to that, going above all else, above all else, God. I want my heart to be guarded and protected only your things might be allowed into my heart. Then we move on, maybe the second part of it. Lord, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart, Steve. Personalize it sometimes. It's speaking to me. It's thousands of years old, but it's speaking to me. Steve, this is wisdom for you today. You know, guard your heart. Get what I'm trying to say here the next bit. Everything you do. Emphasize that. Everything you do. Flow, or everything you do flows from it. For or out of it is a spring, like a spring, the issues of life. Wow. Hope you're getting some of this. Hope it's kind of inspiring something in you. It may sound a bit mechanical, you know, when we describe it in this way. It's like trying to, you know, um, I don't know, do an autopsy on a body or something. You know, there's not a lot of life there. I tell you what, when you do it, God will begin to move. See, his word is alive. It brings light. 
The entrance of his word brings light. It brings understanding to the simple that as we do it, we move into it. As we abide in him, then his word begins to abide in us and the flow of his spirit starts coming and it feels like God's speaking to us. And for some of us, there's been a while since God really spoke to you. One of the reasons for that could be, and I'm not saying it is, but because you haven't got into his word enough. And and actually, if you'll do it, if you'll spend time, if you'll soak in his word, if you'll savor the taste of his word, then he's going to start to speak to you. And you're not going to want to stop. And there's life in it, and there's nourishment, and there's strength, and where your faith was weak, and where you were feeling a bit of a rubbish Christian, suddenly the, the life of God and the power of his spirit and the power of this word begins to work from the inside out, and it brings transformation from the inside, but what stays in can't stay in, and it begins to affect, as it were, the flow of your life. Sometimes it will cut through, it will challenge you, it will convict you, And that's not always pleasant. Other times it will strengthen you. Other times you know this, many of you. It will fill you with joy and with hope and with expectation and with life and with guidance. So we've read it. We've spoke it out. And now we're going to write it. This might sound like it's going to take ages. Well, yeah, we're not going to do this in five minutes. But we're not saying necessarily you need five hours. You know, 15, 20 minutes... It's not much of our day, is it, to hear from God? You know, maybe something like that. The next thing I found really powerful in my life is that we begin to write it. I was never much of a a note taker. I was never much of a journaler. People used to talk about journaling with God, and I didn't really always understand in my early days of being a Christian what they really meant. But what it really means is to take a special notebook, really, and to begin to write it down. I say a special one because I like to keep it as a record of my conversations with God. And nobody's ever going to see it, well, unless they steal it. But, but nobody's really going to see it. It's no, for, for nobody else's you know, consumption other than mine. But as I flick through my journal, it reminds me of the things and the conversations I've had with God. And it's a really precious, precious thing. Maybe some of you have got one of those as well. And I begin to write it down, and I begin then to allow what God's are saying. I've begun to, to speak it out. I believe that God's beginning to highlight certain words as I've tried to explain. And then I just begin to journal my thoughts. What does that mean? I mean to write them down. As I said, we're not going to make a book out of this. This isn't going to be published. This isn't going to come to be a sermon. This isn't going to come to a children's talk or anything like that. This is just me and God having a chat but we're, we're having a bit of a text conversation. And let me read you what I, as I was journaling on this just um, this morning, this is what I wrote. Lord, I confess that I haven't guarded my heart very well. I certainly haven't guarded it above all else. I've not put a top priority always on guarding my heart. I, I can't say I've been super diligent in it, God. Lord, as a result, I fear that my heart has become polluted with things that it shouldn't have and shouldn't be in there, that if it's a reservoir, then then I think there's a bit of rubbish floating in my reservoir. Maybe I feel that sometimes my affections have been stolen, that, that sometimes you deserve my first place, you deserve my preeminence, you deserve my greatest affection, but actually sometimes, God, I feel like I've given that to somebody else or something else. 
And I confessed and I said, Lord, I've been on right move a little bit recently. I fancy moving house and um, Lord, I want to give you the first place in my heart. I'm going to trust you that you know what's best for me. So I'm just trying to be honest with you this morning. Then I said to him, Lord, search my heart. Gen- um, Psalm 139 says, search my heart. Show me where the rubbish is, God, because I want what flows out of me to be pure. So this is what I'm just, this is like a prayer, isn't it? But I'm writing it down and, and, and as I'm doing it, I'm pondering, I'm not rushing it and I'm trying to uh, listen to what God's saying to me. And then I felt God say, remind me of a scripture that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if we really want to know what the condition of our heart is, that's hard because you can tell me your heart's great, but I want to, you can tell how good your heart is. Listen to what comes out of your mouth. That's what the Bible says, not me being nasty. But it says, listen to what comes out of your mouth. And, and at that point, I was reminded that yesterday morning, so I carry on in my journey. Lord, I am sorry for the way that I spoke to Matthew, my son. When he asked to borrow the car for the weekend to go to London with his friends. <laughs> and this, I'm not making a joke. Lord, I was harsh. I was unkind. I must admit, I didn't listen before answering. Would you forgive me? Because whatever my response is to that, whether it's right to say yes or wrong, to say yes, I realized the way I said it was was wrong, and I I asked, Lord, that you'll forgive me. Please forgive me. I don't want what flows out of my life to be bad and harmful and nasty to others. I want what flows from my life to be pure like a life-giving stream. Lord, I don't want my son to get the back end of how I feel because maybe I'm frustrated or I'm tired. Lord, I want my life to be like a pure river that washes over people and does them good. Lord, I pray that, that there might be more of the fruit of your spirit in my life, that love, joy, pace, uh, sorry, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, maybe the character of my heart, but also my speech, so that others might be refreshed by what comes from my heart. That's in my journal. I shared it with you today, not so you might, I don't know, you might think, wow, he's, <laughs> what's he doing up there preaching to us? <laughs> he's a mess. Get him off. Jeff, why did you invite him? But I'm being honest, that's a private conversation with you. I'm just giving you today, and I could probably do a lot of other ones where God's taken me even deeper in that, and I wouldn't want to share it with you. But I share it because it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing, and, and I wish I'd started doing it like right at the start of my Christian journey because God's got, he loves it when we just set aside time. And he loves it when we come. And are you saying, Steve, that you guarantee that every day it's going to flow like heaven on earth? Yes. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. It's not. And sometimes it's a discipline. But other times, there's a touch of God and it feeds our soul. And I wonder whether we as Pentes, we've lost the, the art of meditation, biblical. Maybe we thought it was for others. But I think God's inviting us. See, it's about an invitation to come and dine at his table. And and he's a great chef. And he wants to feed you. He knows exactly what you need right now. You can find nourishment for your soul, light for your journey. So we've done all that. Then we're going to pray about it. I forget how long I've been going, so forgive me if I've overrun already. But we begin to pray about it. 
I think Jeff's already talked about that this morning, about praying the word of God, praying the Lord's Prayer. You know, when you don't know what to pray, pray the word of God. And I might pray it something like this, using it as an example. Lord God, above, I'm sorry, Lord, help me above all else to guard my heart. Help me to take that really seriously so that everything good and of you flows out of my heart to other people. And I turn it into a prayer. And you could take it, if I had longer, I would take you into Proverbs 4 and I would just begin to pray the whole thing. I think, well, that's easy. I don't have to think of that. You know, it's not difficult. Just use the Bible as your prayer book and begin to pray that when you don't know what to pray. And then finally, I mean, the outworking of it is that I have to live that. See, God doesn't want me just to come and just, you know, smash and grab, we come and get it. He wants me to, and you to live in what he's saying to us. He said that for a purpose. In Colossians chapter 3, 16, it says this, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Oh, I'd savor that one just for a moment. Mm. Let the word of God, okay, that's, that's God's word, his living word, dwell. Dwell. What's a dwelling? It's a place where you live. Okay, so this is not a book that I just come and encounter. You know, it's not the COVID regulations. I'm not living in the COVID regulations, thank goodness. But I come and I refer to them maybe when I need something. I'm not going to live in there. But the Bible is saying, hey, let this dwell in your heart. Welcome. Welcome, word of God, into my heart. There's a dwelling place. There's a home in my heart for you. And let it dwell in there richly. Oh, that's a nice word, isn't it? So let me generous. Let it enrich my life. And actually, if we, we were to quote that verse in context, it's, all, it's talking about our relationships with one another in the context of community. It's saying, let the word of God dwell in us richly when we talk to each other. Yeah, we share how the football's going and you know, what else we might have been doing and how the grandkids are doing. But, but, but we allow the word of God to dwell in us so richly that we can't help but share and encourage one another because of what he's done and who he is. Because it flows from us to others. I'm going to close with this by giving you just six benefits of this Bible meditation and this invitation. Number one, you'll be blessed. When you do it, the Bible says, you'll be blessed. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. You will be blessed. That's not me giving you a great promise. That's the Bible saying, you get this into your heart, you will be blessed. You know, you will be whole, you'll be happy. If you're a bit miserable, well then dwell in the word of God because it makes you happy on the inside. And then that communicates to your face, eventually. Uh, and then, number two, it makes us fruitful. Psalm 1 again. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I'm up for a bit of that, aren't you? I was looking at withered leaves in the car park earlier. There's one. I don't know if you can see it very well, but that's a withered leaf. I should have got a green one, shouldn't I? Which one would you want to be? You don't want to be that. Do you? 
Well, maybe you do. But some of us, that describes the condition of our heart. We're like a withered leaf. And the Bible says if we'll get into this, if we'll meditate on it, if we'll abide in it, if we allow the life of, that's in here to come into here, we ain't going to look like that spiritually. That's good news. Number two, and I could come on. It refreshes the soul. Kind of flows in Psalm 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes the soul refreshes the soul. You feeling a bit dry this morning spiritually? Wow. It's pouring with water in here. Fresh living water. Drink up. Always thirsty. Come and drink. It refreshes the soul. We think, well, give me a week in some place abroad. And I'll be refreshed. I've gone abroad and come back and my soul's still not being refreshed. See, what I needed is I need to live in, We need to physically be cared for. We need to look after ourselves. But you don't, it doesn't automatically come. You get refreshed when you come in here, when we meet together, when we share together, when we're growing and encouraging one another. Number four, we makes the simple person wise. Psalm 19.7, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. They make wise the simple Good news. I'm a pretty simple chap, as you can tell. But he makes us look wiser than we really are. And it's a heavenly wisdom, not a worldly wisdom. Number five, it gives joy. Well, we talked about that already, but that's in Psalm 19.8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Anybody got too much joy here this morning? All right, then. So let's go, shall we? Yeah, we can never have too much joy, can you? I've got a new grandson. He's made me pretty joyful. I'm now a grandfather. But, yeah, yeah. You said you look it. Um, but, yeah, he, he gives joy. He gives joy. Even in the saddest time, we can know a joy because it's not dependent upon our circumstances. It's coming right from the throne room of God. You know, number six, it gives light to the eyes. When your li- eyes have got light, they can see. It gives you direction and guidance. We sure need some of that, don't we? Number seven, it's a warning system. Um, it keeps them, sorry, by them, by following his commands, it says in uh, Psalm 1911, sorry, your, by keeping his commands, your servant is warned. It's like an early warning system or like the dashboards on your car. Something's going a bit wrong here. You need to fill up or you need to get some oil. Number eight, by... Uh, Psalm 1911, great reward for those who help keep his commands. In keeping them, there's great reward. It's just a few I could go on, but time is more than gone. I just want to encourage you, can I? Why not? Why not? Read it, say it, write it, pray it, live it. And if I can finish by just saying this morning, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're just watching online and you've never really come to understand. I want to say to you, it's not just about the book because the book points to Jesus. And he actually declared himself to be the living word. So actually, he is even better than this book. He is the word, that in person, in bodily form. And the Bible says he came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. Then he gave his life upon a cross so that you and me and the world could be forgiven and cleansed 
and made whole and come into his family and enjoy eternity with him and everything else. And I tell you what, the starting point sometimes, before we can really understand that, we need to encounter Jesus. We need to understand him. And then by the help of his Holy Spirit that he gives us, we're able to understand that book and it comes alive. There are many, many people that said, I used to read the Bible before I came a Christian and I just thought it was dry. And then when I came to know Jesus, it came alive. The first step maybe for some of you today is to give your heart to Jesus and to put your trust and your faith in him. So as we close right now, I wonder if we could pray. Then I'll hand back to Jeff or to the worship team. And maybe today that, you know, whether you're watching online or here in the building in person, you, you just would want to say, hey, Steve, I... I maybe I know a little bit about church, but I've never, ever given my life to Jesus. But I'm calling you and inviting you today to get to know him. And if you'd love to do that, if you'd love to know this person, this amazing person, this savior called Jesus, then why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Lord, I admit I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I've done my thing my way and I realize that's wrong and I'm sorry for that and I turn to you today Lord I thank you that when you died on the cross you took the punishment for my sin and my shame and today I ask you to cleanse me with your precious blood and wash me and clean me and make me brand new make me a new creation Lord I commit my life to following you Amen if you prayed that prayer I wonder if you would come and see me or one of the pastoral team or the the leaders here and we'd love uh, to share with you more about that god bless you thank you for listening